Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Post Game, episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash here with our guy Lance from the Spoken Podcast, and our guy Jason Dunn, former Chiefs tight end, will be coming on shortly to join us. Um, yeah, I think we all have a lot of questions after that one. Um, but hey, you know, one, one of the silver linings is at least it wasn't a blowout like when we played them last year in the regular season on Sunday night. That was kind of a blowout, and that was just like deflating as a whole. Um, but yeah, a lot of questions, nonetheless. Um, but I hope we can all uh, like the Colts game when we, before we had our first uh, post game reaction show. We got to air out all our grievances, like Festivus. We got to, you know, everyone gets to air out all their grievances and you know just uh, come together and uh, we can talk through this whole thing. So, um, Lance, what were your initial takeaways, my man? <laughs> the initial takeaways was it, it felt like a very. Um... It felt like there was a lot left on the bone with this one again with the Chiefs. I feel like whenever they lose games, it's always because of what they didn't do. And I hate to say that because it always sounds like I'm not giving enough credit to the opposition. I want to give all the credit in the world to the Bills for what they did today because I thought Josh Allen was insanely good for the majority of this game. I felt like he was hitting the open receivers. I felt like he was executing plays in a timely fashion. And we're starting to see some growth in him because what he's been known for is in situational games, close, tight, tense games, he tends to choke or he tends to fall short or the Bills as a whole tend to fall short. And they didn't do that today. That final drive was all nails. And I got to give, I got to give Josh Allen, I got to give the Bills a ton of respect for that. Having said that, man, this game, I really do believe, was more lost by the Chiefs than won by the Bills because of the fact that you saw in that first drive the Chiefs were moving the ball with simplicity. They were getting down the field with simplicity. And then Patrick Mahomes, for whatever reason, I, I like him giving opportunities to his guys, those little 50-50 balls, but it felt like a very unnecessary play in that moment. I felt like it was too early in the game to really be that overly aggressive. I don't try to downplay Patrick Mahomes' aggressiveness or his greatness because that is what makes him great is his aggressiveness, and we saw him do that against the Bucks with that little dink pass over to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I don't want to over over-criticize him, but that was just an unnecessary turnover, in my opinion, and it cost the Chiefs seven points right then and there. Um, and, and the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me is that the run game, two biggest things on the defensive side, although I think the defense overall played well today. Uh, they didn't let the Bills just score it. Well, like you said, it wasn't a blowout by any means. But two things that are really worrying me, man, is the fact that the run defense, who which we just a couple weeks ago were convinced was a top 10 run defense in this league statistically, is now getting gashed with precision. If I'm not mistaken, Singletary, I think, had about eight yards per rush for the majority of this game. I think he is, his average per, per game this season was like 34 yards, and I think he had 66 at half. Uh, this, this, this run defense is getting absolutely bullied by offenses who don't even run the ball well like the Bills. That's very frustrating to see, and it's quite frankly unacceptable. And the biggest part of all this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot tonight, and I'm definitely going to be talking about it all week on Twitter and social media and then on my show next Saturday, is the fact that Steve Spagnuolo still can just not get out of his way. 
He gets these blitz-happy mentalities and mindsets, and he can't get out of his own way, man. I mean, I would understand if this team had Jalen Ramsey and Sauce Gardner at each corner of this of this defense. He doesn't have anything close to that, and that's no knock on Jalen Watson. That's no knock on Joshua Williams. These are two inexperienced rookie guys that were late-round picks. These guys have no business guarding one-on-one -on -one with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, who are two magnificent receivers, not to mention with Josh Allen throwing the football. It is moronic. It is moronic for Steve Spagnuolo to do that, to set his guys up for failure for the second consecutive week. You cannot send the dogs like that on plays. You know Josh Allen is going to try to take the big shot on because you know Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs is going to burn these young dudes. And that is exactly what happened. So although the game ended the way that it did, I think the reason the game ended with the score being what it was was because of the fact that Steve Spagnuolo could not get out of his way in that first half. So that's those are my biggest takeaways. I know that was earlier in the game, but we see this time and time again throughout the NFL season that plays early in games can be the dictator of what happens at the end of games. And I truly believe the Chiefs whiffed it big time. I know they're not healthy. Willie Gay, McDuffie, other key figures are not on the road, not in the rotation right now. So there is a legitimate reason and excuse for why the Chiefs didn't have the best performance possible. But with that, the Chiefs still had multiple opportunities to wrap this one up and win this game and go to San Francisco five and one. And they and they absolutely dropped the ball, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, I think everyone who watched the game tonight, you know, had a lot of say. Specifically, if I'm going to point to one drive that really, you know, blew my mind, blew a lot of people's minds, was the the drive before halftime with third and twelve on their own like one yard line, and they, you know, were playing one on one, and they 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 took that matchup all, uh, all the way. Uh, I mean, and a lot of people were upset with the timeout called from Andy Reid. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not upset with that because. Call a timeout. We stop them. We get the ball. Good field position. So I wasn't that upset by that. I was more upset by the, the defense alignment that we had on that uh, on that uh, that situation there. But um, in regards to the defense, I thought the defense. Yeah, the run game was awful. And I even said it on Twitter today. I said we made Josh Jacobs uh, last week, and that's the thing. The Raiders kind of pulled that blueprint out uh, for teams to use against us. They made we made Josh Jacobs look like Walter Payton last week, and then today we made Devin Singletary look like Barry Sanders. I mean, and like you said, Devin Singletary has not been good by any stretch of imagination so far um, in his, his young career. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the run D needs a lot of work. We talked about it on the show. We had Sue and somebody's already already commented saying um, uh, Mark Twain already commented saying we need to bring in uh, Nambikum Sue. Yeah, the run yeah, the, the the run D needs work, um, and we're gonna get our. Uh, Resident tight end Jason Dunn coming in right now. JD, how you doing, brother? What's up, man? How's it going? How y'all doing? Hey. What's up, Lance? Hi, JD. Good to see you, man. You too, we're, all air, we're all airing out our grievances about the loss uh, tonight. Um, so we're, we're, we're starting off just kind of the overall thought process on the game. Uh, but the big thing that I've seen on Twitter and we're seeing in the chat right here is uh, our defense. Um just what do you what did you think of the defense as a whole today? Uh, did you think uh, Spags's uh, blitz packages were kind of good or not good? I mean, what, what did you think about the, his uh, his play calls today? I thought the defense played phenomenal. I thought all yeah. the calls were good. It's just you know it's man on man. You got to stop him. Williams got to put his hands on the guys, open his hips, and run with the with the receiver. It's two plays. That was it. Other than that, man, it was a great game by the defense. I don't I don't think I didn't see anything wrong. I thought the play package and everything was great. You know, it, it just came down to the man, really. And you see, it was just kind of uh, uh, a lack of, like I said, technique-wise. You know, open his hips, putting his hands on the receiver and running with him. The one that uh, that Davis got on him, he kind of turns his head when he should have just kept his hands on him to fill him where he was at and just run with him. He just used his instincts, and I don't think he trusted it. And so the one same thing with Diggs, he just got over top of him. Uh, but other than that, man, I had no problem as far as, like, with the calls. See, because the thing is, when you're doing when you're doing pressure, these are some of the things. This is the risk that you take. But they were hitting home. They were doing a good job, man. Stopping Josh. And and look, if you look at it. They held these guys what, 24 points. Okay, like let's just let's be honest. And so everybody was talking about how you know how deadly this this Bills offense really was. And shoot, Spags and those guys up front, man, it was they was putting it on uh, on Josh Allen. And he had, a, he had a hard time. It was a hard for him to go. And so I thought the game plan, the scheme, and everything like that, I, I thought it was pretty solid. Like I said, I, I felt like, you know, what they were trying to do early on in some of the games would get those young guys ready. The problem was Williams was one of the guys that went actually ne necessarily getting a lot of the, the reps, you know, 
to go one on one. And so he was he was kind of the guy that I, I could see maybe confidence wise after he got hit with the first one. The second one, Diggs knew because what's you know they called it out and seen it. He's going right back up top again. So I didn't really have I didn't have that big of an issue. Like I said, I understand this is this is the course of a football game. You know. Those are the things you got to be able to give up. He's like, okay, now just, you got to make a play. That's why we got a guy in here for you to make a play. It's, it's man on man. That's how it works. It is, but something I've seen online is though that like Spags should know his personnel and to know that these are these are young rookies, guys, you know, seventh round, fourth round picks that are going against two of the top best receivers in the league. I mean, should we kind of know our personnel, kind of you know, you know, kind of play play that cover too? I mean, for the most part, you're right. For the most part, the defense play well. It's that. Drive for halftime, which we were kind of leaving them on islands. The the, the cover two, yeah, I, I could see that necessarily in in, in those plays, uh, possibly. And the thing is, I think we ran cover two that one time, and um, McKenzie dropped one. It was just wide. He he dropped one wide open. It helped mm-hmm. us out. And so that's the thing about it. You give up the middle cover two. That's how that's how it works. And so mm-hmm. it's all there's always holes and windows in every everything that you play. It, it doesn't matter. The thing is. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it's all about getting to Josh Allen. It's disrupting his play. That's what you have to do. That's where you have to be effective. And so if you're not slowing that down, you're letting a guy like that just sit back and pick you apart. Like we start going in cover two, and you start going underneath, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. that's what's open, uh, you know, cover two. When you start looking at the seam routes and, and things like that, getting the ball out early. So I, I think maybe you should have called over the top on that one for sure. Uh, we Cover two, we threw, and, and Diggs caught one. Josh Allen threw it right in the window. I mean, that's for a quarterback to make those throws on cover two. Like when he, he got, I was like, man, that's a good throw. What do you do? Throw. So this is this how it works in the NFL. I mean, honestly, I mean, you could make the, the best call. Guys are going to make plays, right? Mm-hmm. What you're looking for is you make more plays than other guys going to make plays. That's how it works. And so I was, I, I knew Spags trust those young guys. And I like it. I like that. I like him trusting the young guys. Um, and maybe he had a little bit more trust in Williams than, you know, than he thought he was like he, he thought he was gonna step up. I thought he was gonna step up. Like I said, literally, man, if, if he opens his hip and run with him, mm. he's there. Shoot, the one he, he made a play in the end zone on Diggs, his arm was in there. He, you know, just hey, it's football, man. Uh Last year, anything more to add on the secondary there? I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally understand where JD's coming from on that. It, it, for me, it's just I, I look at – I try to look at it from the the coaching perspective because I've given them so much praise going into the season. I've been somebody that's defended Steve Spagnuolo and been very critical of Steve Spagnuolo because I think he's so – he's a very hit-and-miss defensive coordinator in my eyes because there's times I, – I even said it earlier in the game – that he it was almost like a, a poetic nature to the way he was drawing up blitz schemes. He was he was getting pressure on Josh Allen. He was making it very difficult for Josh Allen early and often. The the problem is is that we both know JD knows this better than Marcus and I is that we also know that the opposition is going to adjust when they see a certain uh, way about going the way the, the Chiefs are going about things. They're going to adjust to that. They're going to say okay if they're bringing on that pressure, then we're going to amplify things on those one-on-ones and when you have the ability to have a Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs on the ends then you know that you can go and you have mismatches almost every single week especially when you have a sixth and a seventh round rookie corner guarding both those guys and for me I just feel that Spagnola went to the well a little too often and made it a little too predictable sometimes where the Bills knew that pressure was coming on those types of plays and I would have liked to have seen him maybe pick his spots a little bit more and I hate to be the guy that is so nitpicky but when you see back-to-back weeks when these types of things go go down this exact same way against star receivers like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis, and it's the exact same way where Spags is leaving these guys on those islands, those are good learning lessons, but those aren't putting W's in the, in the stat column either, and it's making it that much more difficult for your team to win big games like this. So the defense overall, like you said, 24 points, that's not a lot. I'm not saying that the defense played horrendous because I actually think they made some big stops and big key moments and gave the Chiefs offense a lot of opportunity to take a massive lead, and the Chiefs offense didn't do their job in a lot of ways either. So this is a a full-team effort in how they lost this game. My point, though, is, again, there are like five or six plays every single game that determine the outcome of those games, and I felt like those decisions to leave those guys on the island contributed to the Chiefs losing this game. 
Well, I, I, I say this, and, and, and I get that part of it, right? But the thing is, even if let's just say those guys played well, and it could have been another play that they didn't play well. And so it's always going to be one of those things, like it, it, it is kind of nitpicky in, in a sense. I mean, you know, seriously, because nobody's going to play a perfect game. When you have two powerhouses, okay, we, we're talking about the two best teams in the NFL, arguably right now, okay, that you're going to have. And, and the thing is, what I, what I like about it, though, uh, Lance, and, and what I was talking about before is I like the challenge of the young guys. I like Spags sitting over there saying, like, look, these guys got something to them that they're going to they're gonna challenge these guys. We're down two corners. You know, the starting guys, and we and we, we out here in the seven-round pick and we playing with the – look, that, that's the thing. To me, that's what you got to look at, right? Because sometimes, you know, if, if you lose the battle, you're going to win the world, the war. And so sometimes when you learn about these things, about what it is that you do – like you said, they make adjustments on particular things. Yeah, if you can cover two over this, we don't know what, you know, is Knox going to catch one over the middle? You know, we call, call cover two on that. You know what I mean? So it, it's always one of those things. And it's like in the NFL, the adjustment is just that quick. These quarterbacks, they know that. They can see the adjustment on the fly. They know when, you you know, if it's, if it's too high shell, you watch if, the, if the, the safeties are playing close or they're opening up to try to get to the sidelines. So it, it's just like I said, we, we covered two on that one, and Diggs caught one right up the middle, right in the gut where Josh, you know, he threw it in there. So that's just a, a, a good play by a good quarterback to a great receiver, right? And so these guys get paid too. But that's why you get a guy, you, you want him to get paid, you want him to make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I, I agree with you on that. There's always going to be four or five plays, especially with this caliber type team, that is going to always going to be the determining factor right the, the question is who's going to win for who's going to work for right and like you said offensively shoot that's some way we could have put ourselves in a, in a much better spot i mean we're yeah. winning rep get get first down keep the keep the change moving you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and so you know it's, it's just things like that because i think they was on the ropes and they, they realized like man we are we are behind the bubble right now we are behind eight ball at this moment you know we got to do something and so it's just you know one team makes more plays than the other uh, you know, I get it. I, I, I get that part of it. But like I said, you 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 pick and choose what you can do. And I knew that's that's the gamble. You take a gamble. You got to try to gamble to beat guys like that, right? And and like I said, man, it's about the guy coming down with play. If Williams plays his technique a little bit better than what he did, it's a different conversation. Then we all oh, man, they call my spags, right? This oh, but shoot, yeah, these these corners are incredible. Yeah, shoot, yeah, no. It's, it's just a deal, man. That's how it goes. But I, I, I'll say this. Um, with the young guys, have they played? And you see the, the possibilities of where the thing can go. I mean, they're 4-2 and two right now. And we're, we're talking about everybody. Are oh, they going to get blown out and stuff like that? We should have won this game. No doubt about it. We should have won this game. And we had a chance to really, you know, beat these guys. Shoot, probably by like two touchdowns, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, no man. We we are where we are. That's the point I made before you jumped on tonight. That that, that's the point. That first point I actually made to to Marcus is that I didn't want to put it all on the defense because again I felt like they did enough to put the Chiefs in position to win this game. The problem is is that you saw on the very first drive. You know those are the scripted drives when you get those ten to fifteen plays that they know they want to come out and execute. And the Chiefs were moving the ball. They were moving the ball. And we knew that they were going to do that all night long. I mean, shoot, the Chiefs, I think, had over 400 yards of offense tonight. So they did what they wanted to do, and they got into the red zone. But then you saw the turnover, and then you saw, even before the, the interception, the, the ball to MVS, the 50-50 ball, you saw the penalty, the ineligible man downfield. I believe it was Creed Humphrey, if I'm not mistaken. You know, those kinds of things can cost you games. You got to be, you know, I know that that's an RPO play. So Creed maybe, maybe assumed they had ended up running the ball because he didn't see it. It was behind him, obviously. And then the touchdown gets negated. And then you, then you take the touchdown away from the interception. Those are the kinds of plays, man, that you just, in big games like this, you can't afford to have because you know that Josh Allen is going to be sharp. You know, this game meant everything to the Bills. And so those kinds of yeah. mistakes just can't afford to have man so i agree with you the the defense did enough like as, as much as i want to harp on spags and my not my lack of faith in those types of decisions he makes in those moments i still feel like his unit did enough and i will forever say that because i felt that the offense really did the defense no favors because there were multiple times chris jones is that yes he did trip him but he also held on that play they had an opportunity and the Chiefs squandered that one as well man it's it's very disappointing 
Yeah, I, and you know the RPO man, it's it's all timing, right? The, the linemen know just how to block. There, it's 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 a clock going off in your head. And the thing is, that's the one. Patrick got to get the ball out of his hand fast. It's got to go. You got. I mean, RPO is this right now. Ball. That's how it is. If not, linemen are thinking, okay, they're running the football. We're just doing our job, and that's the thing about it. That's like you said, it's timing, being crisp and knowing, like, man, this, we got to do that. We got to know that play. And so. Um, yeah, that, that Chris, the inverted uh, uh, the trip, hey, man. Like I said, I, they owe Chris one. So that mm-hmm. hey, heck, we need to walk back from that that whole uh, the uh, uh, the Colts game. Kelsey. Did you, man? Oh my gosh! I was like, yo, you calling this? You call every play on on every receiver, every single play. I promise you that. What about, that was what about Gabe Davis. What about on Gabe Davis earlier? He he literally pushed off of Joshua Williams, and they didn't call mm-hmm. that a touchdown. It's the same oh, yeah. thing. It's the same thing, man. You know, so you know, it, it's 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 too. You know, it, it, it's a, those calls like that in itself. But we look like operation of how guys should be be making plays. Um, mm, you know, I, I I say there's a you know I'll call things maybe different. Maybe on one of the calls, I'm like, man, get it. To where it's like third and short, as opposed to making a you know a throw on this one. So uh, we're gonna second guess all these different things, man. It's the two elite teams going at it, mm-hmm. two elite teams. So before we, we kind of delve into the the offense, because I, I think there's many more questions on the offensive end uh, based on the, the play calling and stuff today, and uh, also special teams. Something we've talked about before, JD, but I think it needs to be mentioned again, um, special teams wise. Um, but defensively, what? How do how are we going from being one of the best run defenses in the league to back to back weeks to make a Josh Jacobs look like Walter Payton and then uh, make a Devin Singletary look like uh, Gail Sayers as, as I said on Twitter. I mean, because this is one of Devin Singletary's probably best games in, in the NFL. I mean, we averaged about five 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 point five yards of carry today. What's going on with our defensive line that we're kind of allowing uh, the, the holes based on what we saw Monday night and now we're seeing um, tonight against the Bills. I mean, we we're in the pass defense, so you pick your poison, right? Yeah, you, you don't want Diggs and those guys to beat you, so you, that's what you do. You sit back a little bit, and then you know some of those lanes might be open. Uh, I don't know, you know, we Singletary. Okay, he had <laughs> he had a game. To me, just all right. Give him that. Give him that. Uh, so I'm trying to think. What was the? He had total offense was like 500 and something. I think they had 400 and whatnot. Did he, they even have rushing? They had 109 yep. yards rushing. Mm. That's you know, Singletary. It, it didn't make it much noise like like that. You know what I mean? Right. So, so you go in with with the scheme and, and and what are you thinking? What do we need to stop more? What do we have to do? Right? And so you had to give and take. It's, it's a give and take type of deal, especially with what you have. Like you said, personnel. And, that, and it is part of that is knowing your personnel. Right, it's it's knowing your personnel too, and so yeah, let let him run for okay, let him 20, 30 yards, and yeah, let him get a little pat on the back. Okay, it's not killing us, it's not killing us. It's a being a no break, mm-hmm. right? You know what they like doing. We know they're gonna get the ball in Josh Allen's hands. That's what they want. They want to pass the football, and so if you give up a little bit because you're sitting in, in pass, you know, pass defense, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I actually 100% agree with JD on this one. I think that it's a lot to do with pick your poison. I know that Spags, especially in these in these games against you know hot offenses that can throw the ball very well, we know that the the Raiders have Devontae Adams and that connection is there. Darren Waller when he's healthy, Hunter Renfro, and then you have the the onslaught of the Bills and the talent they have. We all know the Bills are a pass heavy offense. I think going into this game, if I'm not mistaken, Josh Allen accounted for 86 percent of the Bills offense this year, whether it's him passing the ball or running the ball. And I think he was right yeah. behind uh his his running backs in, in total yards on the ground this season. So it's been it's been the Chiefs looking at this and going, all right, let's make sure they're gonna beat us. They're gonna beat us on the ground today. It is frustrating to watch because it feels like death by a thousand paper cuts. And it is it's not fun to see your defense get pushed back and back. But we saw to the def- uh, the Chiefs defensive credit when they got in the red zone, they put the pressure on, and they made Josh Allen work, and you saw the inefficiencies for the Bills and how much di- more difficult it was for the Bills to get in the end zone. Every single point the Bills scored today, it was earned for the most part. I will say that. And they, the Chiefs defense 
did make them work. I don't like. I do believe the Chiefs' defense, rushing wise, can get better because I don't think they're playing a great style of defense in the run game. But I will live with the results of the run game beating the Chiefs more than the pass defense beating the Chiefs because we know what this league is about. And we know that in order for the Chiefs to get back to a Super Bowl, they're going to have to make it hard on quarterbacks, not not necessarily on running backs. That's not me justifying it. That's me contextualizing it. That's me explaining why the defense is playing the way they're playing. And as long as the, the results favor the Chiefs far more than they don't, I'm going to be able to live with this far more than if the Chiefs were giving up 400 yards in the air and 50 yards on the ground. I think the Chiefs have a much better chance of winning games if they're giving up 80 to 120 yards on the ground and giving up 250 yards in the air. I think their chances are much better. Yeah. My fault. I, I was looking at the, the playoffs that for, for the, the stats last. We had 387. They had 443. We mm -hmm. had 125 yards rushing. We had 68 on it. So I'm still like that one, you know, 125. Like you said, they're a pass happy team, right? Mm -hmm. So it is that you like you say you make it a you know decision in your poison like Lance said I mean that mm -hmm. that's the reality of it. So yeah. uh, my thing is with these with these guys you learn from it you're gonna learn a whole lot about what it is that you have you know how they, how they competed out here this past you know this this past game who who, who guys are I mean you you really know now who you have okay and I, I said this use around about game six. You know who you got. You know who guys are, really. Okay, and so uh, we kind of seen that. We we kind of seen that. We've seen uh, everybody's the character, how they respond. I like how our offense responds when things don't go well. Right? It's like we go right back to it. You know, we go right back to you know Kelsey. Maybe I wanted a couple more checkdowns over here. Right? I was just like maybe a couple checkdowns, but hey, guys got open. Mm -hmm. Hey, still expect. Same thing we, we talked about also, too, uh, is if Patrick drops back, well, they're going to make sure. I see it seemed like also, too, it's like they used to tell the defensive ends, okay, if you can't get to the outside right now, rush inside so you flush Patrick out because that's where the spy catches him, right? Mm -hmm. Or he sits back and runs back a little bit deeper. And so now we're going to catch him on the backside. I guarantee that they're saying all these things in the meeting because they know our tendency, right? And when you start watching a team – what their tendencies are, you're going to try to play to that, okay? Let them play into their hand. Let them let them get right here. So, um, it's it's always going to be a battle when you when you talk about that. It's all strategy and, and tactics. What do you want to do? How you want to get guys to respond with they you know in their hands? So it, that's what it is. It's a big chess chess match. It is. Um. So yeah, going uh, with the offense. Um. So big thing online was kind of the um. Where most people say, I mean, and obviously when you watch the game, we had a chance to, you know, as we said, we, we had a chance to put the game away uh, at the end, at the end of that game uh, when they punted the ball to us. So they, so we stop them. They got the four plays. We get, uh, we get the ball back. They, they, they punt it. We go three plays, go negative one yards. And this is the way we ended up punting it to them. Uh, Mahomes to Kelsey for three yards. Then McKinnon uh, gets one yard and then Mahomes gets sacked. So we drop five. So yeah, on, on third and six, he gets sacked. Then fourth eleven, we end up punting it. Then they take you know that five minute drive where they score a touchdown. Um, I feel like that drive. If we, I mean, obviously we got a few first downs there. We kind of kill the clock and the field goal range. We even score another touchdown. That's that's ball game. Um, what what did you think of the play calling towards the end of that game? Was it just oh line we're just getting pressure too much? We really couldn't do what we wanted to do. I mean, what 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 do you think happened in, in that on those last few drives there for us? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, going into this week, I wanted to see the Chiefs really establish the run game because I know that sounds crazy going against the second best rush defense in the league, but it sounded crazy when they did that against the Bucks when they were giving up nine points a game a couple weeks ago, and the Chiefs had about 186 rushing yards. Uh, they established that, and it made things that much easier for the pass game. It was a much more balanced attack for the Chiefs. In fact, I think it was around 50-50 in that game. Now, we know that's not how it's going to be each and every week, but this is one of those get big games. This is one of those let the offensive line dictate the pace and outcome of this game and make the pass uh, the the play action the RPOs and all that stuff that much easier for Patrick. And I think what happened in this game to some degree was the Chiefs got a little pass happy. Now, there were avenues, there were lanes. Travis Kelsey was open each and every time, but Travis Kelsey's open every single play. So that's not really a shock. What I wanted to see was the Chiefs to keep the Bills defense on their heels. And I didn't think they did that quite enough. I wanted to see that a lot more. You saw that in the, in the second quarter where Clyde was getting those avenues, 
was getting those seven, eight-yard rushes. I love when that happens because that makes it that much easier for the pass game to do what they want to do. And I felt like the Chiefs went away with that a little bit. It would have been one thing if the Chiefs were down 14 points. I understand why you have to throw the ball a ton. But when the game is this close, I want to see the Chiefs dictate the pace a little bit. That's what I was hoping to see going into this matchup was the Chiefs limiting the possessions of the Bills so that way Josh Allen has that much more pressure on him to try to make big plays because we saw when the pressure was hitting that first drive, they have that fumble pass and the Chiefs go and recover it. That's the kind of pressure I wanted to see the Chiefs continue to put on him by limiting his possessions and him getting in his own head, realizing that this game matters so much to them. I wanted the pressure to stay on them, and, and but the opposite ended up happening where you know Patrick Mahomes has to be magical at the end, and they got to hope that they can get deep passes, they get a touchdown on this drive. It never felt like the Chiefs were having a balanced attack as the game drew closer and closer to the end, and to me that's just that's just a little frustrating in my eyes. No, I agree with you 100%. It, it definitely it, it, it was a little bit more pass-happy. I think guys wouldn't necessarily come out of football. Lanes wouldn't necessarily open. And so when you've seen some of the things that they were doing, okay, we throw an interception down the end zone. Okay, we should have got three points out of it. This leaves something, okay? Uh, and we come away with nothing, right? Turnover. Same thing. The, the last few calls to me was just like, eh, not the greatest. I was just like, if you if you're trying to like running the football like like landstand when you try to establish that you want to always try to get in third and short if it's third down you want to be third and short okay it helps out tremendously what you have to do offensively but if you're in that third and long you know third and like those things it's, it's a little tight it's a little close because now you you know especially in a in a in a situation like that the defense fans got their ears peeled back they're coming they're just like well, shoot, we we are coming after them right now. And so uh, that last interception, I mean, Pat just didn't see him. But they get in his, they get in his face, same thing. They come inside. Uh, Von Miller comes inside, flushes him out. The defender puts his hands up. Just, you know, and that, all that is just get in his lane, get in his vision. And and, and they 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 went ahead and they, uh, you know, they, they capitalized off of it. But I, I think that that is very important. You have to establish the run. I, I mean – like I said before, when you got a pass rush, you have to run right at these guys. And I just didn't think that they, the guys were good enough, especially D-line, to stop the run. I think our guys are better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. So why wouldn't you have them do more of that? Why wouldn't they open in the lanes like they should have? So I don't know, man. I, it just, I, But I, I agree with everything Lance said, man. you got to establish a run. you got to have much more of a balance. And when you get pass happy, then guess what? Then you start relying on that. You're just doing way too much of it. So, yeah, um, and one of the good things that to come out of this game offensively, you know, I think last week on the show, I think everyone's like, when are we gonna see Juju? Is Juju, is Juju even the guy? And I think Juju dispelled a lot of the people, a lot of the criticism he was getting from uh, people this week. What did you guys think about the uh, the, the receivers this week? I mean, as far as the Juju hate that he's gotten that we've seen over the last few weeks, um, this, is, this is a this is a great sign, Marcus. Um, we've been waiting six long weeks for Juju to show us that he is a wide receiver one in this league. And I've always believed that. I thought he was incredible with Pittsburgh when he was healthy with an aging, declining Ben Roethlisberger. He put up big numbers. And I was very much looking forward to, to seeing that shine here in Kansas City, and we saw it today. And I do believe this wasn't a fluky game. I don't believe this was one of those games where, oh, well, Juju was special like five weeks ago. We haven't seen anything since. I think this is the beginning of it because we've seen him start to connect with MVS. You see uh, consecutive weeks, MVS have good games. Now you're seeing Juju start to really take shape. You're even seeing guys like Sky Moore getting more reps, more opportunities. Our guy, Nicole Hardman. JD, I think you called that getting a touchdown today. You see these guys starting to really gel together. So that's a great sign to see. I wanted to see Juju get utilized a little bit more in the fourth quarter. I don't know really what happened to that, but the fact is he had an absolute baller game today. I love what I saw from Juju. He is exactly what this offense needs. I know he's not as fast as Tyreek, which is why he ended up not getting that touchdown, that long play. But, man, this guy balled out today, and he's everything the Chiefs need. If he continues to play like this, it's going to make the job so much easier for Travis Kelsey. Quite frankly, it's going to make the job easier for the way they scheme and game plan all week long because it's just going to give them that much, that much more of a threat, that much more of an option. And I think he's finally starting to get healthy, too. We know he's had a shoulder and a knee injury he's been battling with since the beginning of the season. I think he's finally getting healthy. And now as you see the – the trajectory of the schedule where the Chiefs are going to be facing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, six of their six of their next 
nine games are against AFC opponents. These are some big games coming up. This is the perfect time for Juju to really start to to to, to make his uh, his value uh, a pinnacle piece of this offense. Yeah, I mean the importance on um, uh, understanding how critical a piece of uh, uh, guy like Juju can provide for your offense is, is key, right? Besides Kelsey, and so he showed up today. Harmon showed up today. MVS got open, got a couple of balls too, but we knew this is what this offense was going to be, and so we knew that we just didn't have guys. These guys are the solid guys. These guys are proven guys in the NFL. That's the way I look at it, and so. You know, when when Patrick is throwing the ball around, he's going to get the ball to the to the guy that's open, and so these guys are very great as far as catching the football. Juju got great hands. He's got good. You know, he's always been an athlete. You know, he run guys over like today when he did that, like the little <laughs> break the tackle run. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there he is, there yeah. he is. That's the Juju that we got here. That's the guy that we was expecting to show up. And I think we're going to see more of that, uh, obviously, uh, coming in later. But like you said, I don't think we because we don't have a, a a true number one. I like all the guys. I, this mm-hmm. this is what our offense is. Our offense is like, hey, we're gonna throw the ball. Who's open? You get open. If you're available, Patrick sees you. He's gonna get you the football. And so it mm-hmm. don't matter who it is. It don't matter if you're the the first guy who's supposed to be the number one receiver, or you're the guy that's coming off the bench. You know, Sky Moore or or, or Jody Watson. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't, these guys, all these guys, are going to get a chance and opportunity uh, to mm-hmm. go out there and make a play. And so that's what I love about our offense is because it don't necessarily have to go through one guy. We know Travis is going to get his. I don't care. I mean, Patrick will look at Travis first because he knows Travis is going to be open. Like you said, he's always open. He's always yeah. going to make somebody miss. But the other four guys around him, I don't think he's like, uh, should I throw this guy? I don't think he has that problem like he did last year. Last year, he was just like, uh. I don't know if this guy's going to catch it or if this guy's getting open. Yeah. So that's the promising part of it. That's what I like about it. Um, Talking about kind of the ugly of this game um, at the, at the end of the game, right. We had that, that second down play where Mahomes throws the drag route to Sky Moore. Well, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, Mahomes is doing too much. Why did Mahomes throw the ball away? I mean, what, what, what was he, what was he seeing there, JD, from what you saw? Obviously you're not Patrick Mahomes, but what did you, what did you see there? I mean, Let's throw the ball away. I mean, let's live to play another play there, right? Or is it, you know? Look, I know he's trying to make a play. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, the clock is going off in your head. You know, he's aware of the time, how much time he has, and, you know, doesn't have. Uh, but this is this is what happens. Like, when he is extending plays, like, when he's extending plays and he makes the play, everybody's fine with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this guy makes a play because it's like, oh, why are you not – well, how can you didn't eat it or how can you didn't throw it away? Well, Pat thought he was open, right? I mean, the guy comes in, makes a, a great play. He comes off. He was doubling uh, a bracket uh, on the outside. He just comes down to make the play. Pat just really didn't see him, and it was just disruption of the play. That's what you yeah. try to do defensively is get him off his timing, right? Get him moving around and make sure he's thrown off, of, you know, off his foot or something like that. But I mean, that's that's I don't know, man. I, I just I, I just think that play in itself, I, I'm not gonna. I seen somebody say something on Twitter, like you know, called him something. I'm just like, man, dude, like, <laughs> chill out, relax, yeah. right? We made a mistake, right? And hey, we we understand we're going home with it, but you know, when these guys are running around, it's like scramble drill, okay? If it's not initially open, everybody's trying to get open to to follow plays, and so what ends up happening? And I'll say this, okay, because I don't want to be wrong. When we run that type of you know scramble drill, guys get open. What you end up doing is clustering areas. That's what ended up happening. You had two guys that was in that area, and Scott Moore comes across. Well, he just he just told to make plays. He's told to get open, and so sometimes when it happens, things get clustered. And I think it's what 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 happened when the guy came to out to make the play. I just you know, yeah, I don't want to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I really don't want to say that too much because I know it's just, uh, our rules. It's like, hey, there's too many people in the area. Don't you know? Don't don't crowd the area, right? You just don't want to do it. But I'm trying to be grateful. I'm just gonna leave there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this. Um, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't the best decision that Patrick could have made. It was also an awesome defensive play. It was very clutch. Uh, great heads up play by the defense. I got to give the Bills respect on that one. Th- this is this is the thing, and I know this sounds like kind of a cop out to say this, but. Patrick Mahomes is so great that he's become his own like worst enemy. That whenever he shows his human side, whenever 
makes a mistake, you sit there and go, wait, did that really just happen? It's like watching the 300 movie when he said, you know, I'm going to prove that gods can bleed. That's kind of where his standard is now, where it's almost unfathomable that he can make a bad decision like that or a bad throw like that in a big moment because we're so used to seeing him come up clutch. As we've seen, down 10-plus points, he has a 53 win percentage. That's historically great. It's by far the best in NFL history by, like, 20%. So, and, and I think this was, if I'm not mistaken, playoffs included, this was, like, Patrick Mahomes' like 76th career start, and I think that was his 47th interception. Like, think about how nuts that is, man. He's had almost 30 games in his career. Wow. We didn't throw an interception. I just the, the look at the averages and how absurd that is. His touchdown to interception ratio is just dumb. So games like this, when he has over 300 passing yards and multiple touchdowns, we're sitting here and we're wondering why he made this decision. And I get it because if he didn't do that, Chiefs could have very well won this game. But my point is, is that he is his own worst enemy because he's just that great that we nitpick these types of plays because any other quarterback does it. You're like, ah, well, you know, I've seen him do that like five or six times this year. It makes sense. With Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, you're like, wait, did, did the TV just glitch? What what just happened? Did they have like a remix? Like, how did, what just happened? That doesn't happen. No way that just happened. So that's why we look at it so oddly because it is so rare for it to happen. Yeah, he's got a different standard than the rest of the league. Well, and the thing is, like, uh, SGA is saying, sometimes Mahomes needs to get ready to ball sooner. Yeah. But we make those plays. We don't say that. It's like, oh my gosh, spectacular play, right? Because we're expecting him to make a great play, and so mm. we can't have it both ways. I know we want to, right? We want it to be perfect all the time, hey, and sometimes when when you do that, then you leave yourself open, susceptible to those little things, you know, happening. But like you said, that was a great play by by Johnson on defense, man. That was a good job too. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Another thing that stood out to me was uh, kind of the play from the tackle. I mean, obviously we're playing against Rousseau and Von Miller, two of the best edge rushers in the league. Uh, but did this kind of – did this sh- did anything jump off uh, out you today about uh, Orlando Brown's play or um, our guy Wiley's play on the right side? Did anything jump off uh, jump out at you, J.D.? <laughs> <I'm watching. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> anything jump off you know, Von Miller is Von Miller, okay? <laughs> All right? He's been doing everybody that like that this year. Uh, so, I, I, hey, man, we, we knew it was going to be some tough sledding, All right, with Wiley and and, 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 and OBJ. We knew it was going to be tough sledding with those guys. I seen what they were trying to do earlier, right, try to get some chips and stuff like that on, on those guys, slow them down. They did a great job, I think, in the pocket. So, uh, yeah, man, just, you know, we just – like I said, we, we knew – it was going to be this game was going to be offensively keeping Patrick up, up, you know, up, uprooted, right? And if he's not following, getting pressure, and he got a lot of pressure, he got hit a lot of times. I, I don't like that. I don't like seeing it. Okay. And you got what? Well, how many sacks did they have? Three. Was it three or two? Three. Yeah, three sacks. So could do a be- much better job. Let's just be honest. It could be a much better job up front. Okay. I know those guys know it. Um, so I, I give, I'll grade, I, I'll do it like this. I grade them. I'll give them like a C plus. How about that? Yeah. Considering, considering like, here's the thing. I, I will say this. The, the tackles didn't have a good game today. Uh, they, they didn't play well, but here, here's the one defense I'm going to give these guys is if you look at the first six weeks of this schedule, how many awesome front sevens, the chiefs offensive line has had to endure back to back to back to back weeks. It's absurd, man. Like, what what did we hear before the season started? That, oh, the Chiefs will be lucky to have a 500 record through five, six weeks. I mean, look at the gauntlet they're going through. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't have this and this and this and this and this. And here the Chiefs were going into this week leading the league in yard, or leading the league and, and uh, scoring and one of the best uh, yards per game offenses in the entire NFL. I think they had the second uh, first down uh, percentage in the entire league. Patrick Mahomes, I think, was tied for 21st in sacks with Mitchell Trubisky. Like, there was, there was a lot good going for the Chiefs despite all these factors at play. So I'm going to look at this as an optimistic and from an optimistic standpoint because, no, I have not been impressed by Orlando Brown Jr., especially considering the fact the man bet on himself and said, no, I'm going to go out there and get the bag, and I'm going to prove why I'm going to get the bag. Andrew Wiley is a, is a fill-in guy to begin with. He's not even a guy that's supposed to be your everyday starting right tackle anyway. That's supposed to be Lucas Niang, the Chiefs, 
Chiefs took in uh, 2020 in the third round, and he's been on the IR. So even with all these things considered, we can criticize these guys, and it's fair because they didn't play well. But look at how many great front sevens the Chiefs have had to take on each and every week, and they still have a 4-2 and two record, and Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked 11 times through six weeks. That's not a lot, guys. That's less than two a game. That's mm-hmm. not a lot. Oh, yeah. So they can play better, and I do believe they will play better because if you look at the next – I know the Niners are a tough defense, but they probably won't have Nick Bosa next week. And then after that, the Chiefs have a bye, so they get rested up. Then you play teams like the Titans, the Jaguars, teams like that that don't have great pass rushes or at least haven't played great to this point this season, and they can really build upon that and gain some momentum. I think you, you spot on with all of that. I really do. You know, and, and like you said, uh, the bye week can come any in, any sooner, to be honest with you. I, I think those guys can reassess themselves, get themselves healthy. Uh, I think the second half of the season is going to be a lot better. I think everybody's going to be rolling. And so, like I said, it's good to get the gauntlet early. It's good to you know test these young guys early right now. And so everybody's going to be better for it. Everybody's going to be better for this, right? We're just going to be a much better tailored team. Like you said, they're starting to play together. I mean, guys are making plays. You can see it. You can see the, the team gel together. And so this I, – look, I thought we was going to win this game before we started the game, you know, because everybody was just talking about how good the Bills were. And I think right now, if anything, if you don't come back uh, tomorrow and you see all the talking heads, be like, okay – well, maybe we was wrong. Like the Chiefs are actually a lot better than what we thought. Well, well maybe the Bills are not as good as what you know. So, what is the conversation going to be tomorrow? That's what I'm going to see. You know, when you're sitting there talking about Barstow and all these other people, are they going to get blown out? And I, oh, what are you talking about? Mm. Like seriously, I, I just to me, if you're evaluating this this Chiefs team who was four and two, there is no doubt that this is, if not the best team second best team in your argument. I don't, I don't even want to hear anything else. If you think it's even less than that, th- you're not even a serious person. You're just not. And so let's just be honest here. So when we're sitting there talking about that, the type of weapons that we have and how guys have played and how they responded, I mean, we're we another Super Bowl contender to me, no doubt about it, and should win it this year. And let me say this real quick too, J.D. and, and, and Marcus. Um, if we just go back from one year from this moment, we saw the Chiefs get – I mean, that, that game against the Bills last year was so frustrating. In fact, it was way more frustrating this game in particular because it felt like the Chiefs just simply cannot make the simple plays defensively. And you had tip drills left and right on the offside pick sixes because of tip drills. Uh, horrific officiating. Well, that was today too. But you saw just everything seemed to go wrong for that Chiefs team in that game. Josh Allen was hurling guys. It just looked easy for the Bills in that game. The Chiefs had a losing record through six weeks of that season how frustrating things were, how different things were at that time. And then you saw the rest of the season take place where the Bills won their Super Bowl that game. They were celebrating like they won their Super Bowl because to them that was that. And I still feel it's the same way today. And you saw them lose five of their next seven games after that Chiefs game, and the Chiefs went on a massive winning streak. That is the same thing I think is going to happen this time around because everything thought everything looked like it fell in place for the Bills last year. Their schedule opened up, and they started losing games they had no business losing. And then you saw the Chiefs winning games despite their offense struggling, not finding themselves. They had Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman playing meaningful snaps. This defense doesn't have Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen out there anymore. Sure, there are inexperienced pieces, but there are far more talented, far more athletic pieces on this defense today than there were uh, 360, 370 days ago. So I, I understand that this for us this this loss is frustrating. It sucks. We never want to see this team take an L, especially a game that's so close that they could have very well won. But I look at this loss and I look at last year's loss and I look and I feel so much better about this team this year losing to the Bills like this than losing to the Bills last year. Because I'll be honest with you, after that game, I was on a, I was on a post game show with our guy Shaggy Shane Williams and I I told him like, dude, I don't think this is a playoff team right now. I don't think the Chiefs have earned that respect. And then they ended up earning that respect as the weeks went on and the season went on. This team is without question a playoff team. This team is still going to roll, and they're going to they're going to win the AFC West and have it wrapped up by November twentieth. That's going to be the Chargers in LA. And that I'm still very confident in this team because their inefficiencies are very fixable by having guys like McDuffie and Willie Gay return. That's when those inefficiencies start to go away. And like JD was just alluding to, the offense is continually still gelling because there's so many new pieces, so many moving pieces around that by week 15, 16, 17, 18. 
18, you're going to see a whole new offense. So with the fact the Chiefs are 4-2, and two, averaging 30 points per game in, as an offense and a defense that fights every single down in possession, man, I feel great about this team. I feel great about this team moving forward because this was the toughest part of the schedule. It's mm. only going to get easier because then you're going to start playing teams, like I said, like the Jaguars and the Titans. And God knows we know we're going to be facing the Broncos soon as well. And we get another crack of the Raiders later in the season. Guys, mm. I feel great about this team. This sucks today, but I have never felt better about moving on from a loss than I do today. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, look, it, we, like you said, this this time this year, like it was next, last year, completely different, completely different. Like I said, you you got guys you rely on. Like you said, the young guys out there are playing at a high level. They'll get better. The, the, the two touchdown passes is what they had. That's the way I look at it. That, that was – they don't make those two plays. They ain't even having this conversation. You know, they 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 know they're in the locker room right now, and they are sitting over here doing like, "Golly, man, we got." Well, I can't believe we got out of their game. I promise you, they are getting on the plane, and they could not be happier leaving out of here with a win. Seriously, and they know they was in battle. They know it. They was. I mean, when I'm talking about clutching at the edge, it was the buttholes is tight. Believe me, I, I promise you. I promise you on that sideline, man. Them jokers, was, boy, they was tight. Seriously. So, I, I, I Lance, I'm, I'm, I agree with you 100%, brother. I mean, what we can be, what we're going to become, is a much more dangerous team, a much more polished team. Mm-hmm. And so, that in itself, everybody better look out. I'm telling you, man. I, I, I could just see them, those guys firing on all cylinders. Okay, mm-hmm. like you said, we got out. We got guys, you know, who are starters. Who are out right now, and it's, so, it's going to be just so glorious to see those guys when they come back and get making them peak. Like, man, look what we've been doing since y'all be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all coming to add on to this? This is going to make even better team, man. But look, look, I have I have the utmost confidence in the Chiefs, offensively, defensively, the coaching staff, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm 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 satisfied. All right, we'll take this one on the chin. That's all right. Mm-hmm. We didn't blink. Like you said, it's part of this, this, the, the schedule. Didn't blink at all. None of the guys is worried about it. So we shouldn't be worried about it. Yeah. And, and that's that's the team ever, that's ever won Super Bowl favor. We just, we just lost to by four points, and we can make an argument that we should have won that game by at least two possessions. So, like, that's that, that's a fine loss to me. Like like you said, you know, that Sunday night game when we played the Bills last year, I remember on our show, J.D., I was – we were put on, we were put on our, you know, our optimistic faces, but we were both like, "Eesh!" Like, oof. I mean, that, that's a that, that's the kind of efforts we're gonna be putting up against other teams. I mean, that's a, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough sledding for us the rest of the way. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a it's a good losses aren't good, but it's a good loss to have going into next week against San Francisco, um, which another another good defense we got we got to play against too. And um, they're coming off a a big loss today against Atlanta, so they're gonna be hungry too. So, um, it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Um, before we uh, end the show, I did want to make this point. I, I was wa- watching the game. I know during the off season, we had said that you had said that we need to practice these guys uh, kneeling the ball in the end zone, getting touchbacks. We're taking the ball out, you know, going to the ten yard line, the twelve yard line. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we're losing thirteen yards every time we do that. So today, I, I watched and. I see um, the three returns uh, Pacheco had from the kick return. He got to the 21 on one of them, got to the 16 on one of them, he got to the 17 on one of them. That's, I mean, that, that's negative yards every time. There's no point to, to take it out. And I, I, I get, yeah, we can't have, have breakaway abilities there. But, I mean, Pacheco hasn't really shown any kind of breakaways on these kick returns yet to, to date, to be quite honest with you. Um, and we're, and we're losing yards every time. Yeah, look, man, look, I was special teams coordinator for four years, and it's absolutely frustrating to me. Absolutely frustrating. The thing is, you get to, to uh, 25 years, let it go. Seriously. And I think a lot of people don't really look at it like that. But we need somebody back there with some wiggle. I don't see no wiggle. Like, that's a weapon. Part of that is, like, the return yards to set you up as far as, you know, field position. That is so important. That is so important. I think, uh, you know, people don't talk about it. That's not normal. Like, hey, man, look, we need to, we need to really – Talk about these things because it's important to get a guy back there who can make people miss. Mm-hmm. We, gotta, we have to have somebody back and make people miss. Look, I love Pacheco handing the ball off to him, but he's not a return guy. I don't see that. I don't see, you know, making a guy miss in the ball. I don't think he has an ability in the open field. At least I, he hasn't shown it. I haven't seen it. 
And so if y'all see something that I haven't seen, please tell me because I haven't. And so mm-hmm. if you could find a guy who could, you know, turn kicks, you know, I don't really think Scott Morris has been able to do that job either. You know, mm-hmm. the only guy that's really kind of when I see back there that I'm happy with is McCall Harmon. When Harmon yep. gets the ball, you can see it, right? He's a return guy. He's the one that has the full vision, you know, of the field. And so it's more natural to him. But that, when I'm talking about, there you go, SDF. McCall needs to be the returner, 100%. 100%, man. Seriously. I, I just – I think people just don't realize how much of a weapon that is, especially for offense. We want the ball. You know, a guy always returning. We had Dante Hall. Are you telling me that Dante Hall didn't put us in position? We was looking for him to hit his head on the goalpost every single play. We knew he had that ability about him. Mm. Man, it can't be understated. I'm telling you, we need a returner. And Cole needs to be it. I like it. It's, it's, yeah, seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, if you guys remember the famous game when the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing against the Texans, what was the play that sparked the Chiefs? It was McCole Hartman bringing it back about 60 yards. And it yep. ignited everything. And then the right. Chiefs scored a touchdown on that drive. I 100% agree with you guys. I have no idea why the best return specialist on this team isn't getting those opportunities because if we're being honest here, Isaiah Pacheco and Sky Moore aren't aren't on this team to be specialists. Mm-hmm. Sky Moore was drafted mm-hmm. to be a receiver. He was picked in the top yes. fit, top 60 picks. And then Isaiah Pacheco mm-hmm. was a seventh-round running back, and he's been getting opportunities in the offense. So unless you are a Tyreek Hill or a, or a Dante Hall that is multifaceted and just special with your speed and agility and being able to turn around and make defenders miss, which neither Sky Moore or Pacheco really are, at, are, about, are about, Isaiah Pacheco is a straight-line runner. He's an aggressive, Mary yes. Barber type of runner. Mary Barber wasn't right. returning kicks and punts no. and things of that nature. <laughs> so what are we doing with that? I understand Dave Tobe has to try new things, and you have to make these young guys resourceful. But when this guy's putting you on the 12 and 13-yard line time and time again, when you're already having to start at the 25 you do a touchback, you, you might as well just take the touchback, man. Like, mm-hmm. Don't Thank put you. Patrick back further. Don't make his job that much harder. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense to be doing that. I put that on Tobe more than I put that on Pacheco because he's told what to do. J.D., mm-hmm. you know this better than I do. These guys on special teams are told what to do in certain scenarios, and I just don't understand what That's the weird. idea is behind that. And, I, again, to reemphasize with you 100%, I'm not understanding why McCole Hardman isn't put in those positions because he's a guy that not only has that breakaway speed, but the experience in big games to make big breakout plays. It, I, I have to imagine they're going to make that adjustment sooner than later. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, uh, he, he, what were you going to say, JD? Nothing. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Go ahead. I'm leaving. Well, I, I was going to say, cause I mean, there was one run he had, uh, Shaco had that one run today where it was an angry run. And I said, reminded me, I made a few people laugh on Twitter. I said, remind me of a prime Jackie battle. And then someone was like, yeah, I don't want Jackie Bell returning kicks. I was like, yeah, I was, I don't want Jackie. I didn't want Jackie Bell returning quick kicks either. And uh, I don't want Pacheco returning kicks either. <laughs> uh, but I hope he has a higher ceiling than Jackie battle. Did Jackie battle was a great short yards back for us, but I hope Pacheco's ceiling is a little bit higher than Jackie battles. But yeah, I don't want, I didn't want Jackie battle returning kicks. And I don't want, you know, um, the Jackie returning kicks for us. Shit, Jackie battles hoping he has more upside than Jackie battle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I'll say this. I, I, I think part of it is uh, when a guy feels like he's earned his stripes, uh, that that may not be his job anymore. It might be beneath him. Hopefully they're not thinking that. And they're saying, like, okay, well, look, McCole's he's going to be the number one receiver, right? He's getting a lot more plays on offense that we don't need him to re- return to football. I hope that's not the thinking, okay? Because it, the thinking should be, Anytime this guy has the ball in his hand, he's a weapon, right? That should be things like that. Hey, McCole, you want you should be wanting to return kicks, right? Mm-hmm. Because if anything, it, it shoot, helps with your stock. It helps with you, you know, going there, get more money, be, mm-hmm. being a return guy. And so I think without a doubt, that might be some of the thinking. I, I don't know. It's like, well, you know, we're gonna have these young guys do why? For what? If they're not that good doing that, why? Not that no, 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 no. Put 17 back there, let him return kicks, okay, and be at, and end it there, okay? As much as we get the ball in his hands, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. So I hope it's not it. I hope it's not it. But I kind of I, I kind of have a feeling that may be something. I don't know. I don't know. 
but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, this week, uh, San Francisco, I know uh, our shows are me uh, this week going to be based on the preview to uh, the game uh, next weekend. Um, what's one thing you want to see improve from this game to next game? Or is it just kind of a wipe the slate with Buffalo because Buffalo and, and the San Francisco are two totally different offenses, uh, as you can see with Jimmy G and uh, Josh Allen. There's, there's a big there's a big gap there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Yeah. Comes to the this will be the this will be the easiest game the Chiefs have against an opposing quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo will be the worst quarterback they face this season in my opinion. Uh, so what's going to come down to is we all know that the Shanahan's are so good at run that run scheme, man. That run that zone run scheme. Uh, it's going to yep. be really interesting to see how the Chiefs, who have been struggling against the run this year, I think the Niners are going to really try to keep that one tight, especially if. They're missing pieces like Nick Bosa and Charvarius Ward and a couple other key assets on their defensive side. They're going to really want to limit possessions for the Chiefs in this game and put the pressure on the Chiefs to make big plays later in the game on offense. But, yeah, the Chiefs have a significant advantage at quarterback in this one. So if the Chiefs' offensive line can show up for this one and, and really give Patrick that protection, because, like I said, it's going to really come down to what injuries, what guys are available for the 49ers in this one. But you better believe, man, the, the, the Niners are about to inherit a really pissed-off Chiefs team because mm -hmm. they know they squandered this one. But the Niners also lost a very frustrating game to the Falcons today as well. So both of these teams are going to be very motivated because the, the Niners have a very good chance of winning that division in the NFC West. And we all know the Chiefs have their eyes set into the postseason, and obviously they, they want to get that home game to win the AFC West. So this is this is a surprisingly big game, and the Chiefs know that also they have the bye week afterwards, so they can put a little bit more into this one. they got some extended rest coming their way, much-needed extended rest. I'm sure they want to end that end, going into the bye week 5-2 and two, as opposed to 4-3. and three. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and, and I like what you said about that. I think they need to go in pissed off for the rest of the games, the rest of the season. You know, don't, don't look past anybody. I don't care. Hey, Jimmy G still come in and, and, and throw some up on you, right? Debo's a problem. And so you know you got to stop it. It's the same thing, pick your poison. And I think uh and next week you have to bring that pressure, okay? Mm -hmm. Create some turnovers. Because Jimmy G, he's he's a little shaky back there. But the thing is, I mean, he's still an NFL quarterback. He'll he still got some things to him. And so I think if you do that, you're going with the attitude like, look, man, you know what? We can't look take any game for granted. Not one minute, one play. One quarter, nothing for granted. Like everybody we need to look at, we need to go ahead and, and put at least five or six touchdowns up on them each and every time. And our defense need to think about doing shutouts. Seriously. That's how serious I think right now everything's going to click. And I think these guys are pissed off. Like you said, they let one go today, and I think they're going to be really, really pissed on this because they know they let one go. So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to previewing that this week. Uh, Lance, uh, any final words? Uh, anybody, uh, anything you need, that the fans need to know about podcast next Saturday for you guys? Well, first yeah. of all, thank you guys for letting me have this platform again tonight. This has been therapy uh, for sure because this it's not fun to sit here in silence sometimes after a loss like that, a frustrating loss. But I'm ready to put this one behind us, and we are going to have a great week. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Lance Spoken. I put my handle down at the bottom each and every time. You can find us on Facebook at The Spoken. Uh, we talk all sports all the time. A lot of Chiefs, though, so if you want to get out there, get your get your venting, because if you don't have a platform like this, you can join us as well, along with Chief Concerns Podcast. But uh, we do a show every Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. We have get great guests like Jason Dunn and Marcus Dash that are currently presented right here. And we talk a lot of Chiefs, a lot of football. We talk everything. So if you guys want to just have a good time and just talk sports, we're uh, we're definitely a, a show to definitely follow and, and check out. And we appreciate Chief Concerns for always being such a great support and a, and a brotherhood here because that's what it's all about. It's community, and we uh, we all can eat out here, man. So we we join together, and these are these are my brothers here, and I always appreciate them being a support to me and a support to our show. And we only hope that we can give that back to you guys. So we appreciate all you guys. Of course, of course. man. Y'all got, got some incredible content, man. Love what you Thank do, you. Lance, man. Love you, my brother. All right? I love so heartily. So y'all keep striving. I, man, I love the show. I'm coming on there and talking my business, too. You know? So <laughs> I love the conversation back and forth. Having it just at that type of environment where you could just come out there and just be yourself and let some things go. I love it. I love it so much, man. And I appreciate I'm you so much for coming on. Seriously. You had an element to us, man. Always here. I'm always here. Really yeah, we, we 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 love having the the post game uh, podcast with you when we uh 
collabed on that idea a couple of weeks ago uh, before the Colts game. It was like this amazing idea. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's rock with Lance. Um, the Spoken and Chief Concerns collaboration. It's been great. Um, and it's also been therapy for the two losses that we've had. It's been therapy just to, to, to kind of air out our grievances and just know that we're not alone and you don't have to be sitting in silence or sitting, uh, sitting at home alone and uh, just stew over the game. Um, so that's that's always been good too. But uh, that does it for us. Uh, I hope everyone uh, has a good rest of their Sunday. You can watch the, the Eagles and Cowboys game that's going on right now. And um, thanks for tuning in to uh, Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys Thursday for Chief Concerns and then Saturday morning get a little bit of the spoken podcast with Lance. So we'll see you guys on uh, on our, when our shows happen. See you guys. Hi everybody! Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 